0: Okay, so I'm gonna go. Unless you stop me. I'm not gonna (laughs) stop you.
1: (laughs) You You see what I did there? I stopped you by saying
0: (laughs) What's up everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hey, it's great to be joined, everybody. And Justin Davis. Scoop. We've got a great show for you this week. It's the start of Summer of Gaming, start of uh, not E3 game announcement season. We're going to talk about, um, we've got actually a a guessing game that was sent in from one of our listeners in the UK. We have a request for some local co-op recommendations for Xbox One. But first, Mm -hmm. Sony held its state of play yesterday. 30-minute uh, presentation really kicking off the summer gaming announcement season. And I think everyone seems to be pretty happy with, with the event overall. They're uh, sandwiched with two really big, you know, a, a big reveal and then a big update. We got Resident Evil 4 Remake finally announced. I'm very interested to hear what Sam thinks about that. They ended with a gameplay trailer for Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 16 and the announcement that it's going to be coming in summer 2023. And then there was some big stuff uh, sandwiched in the middle like Street Fighter VI updates on uh some uh, psvr2 games and uh, a new update for horizon forbidden west that was out yesterday so my takeaway was that yeah there's like several big games in there that look really cool but they're coming next year nothing announced for the rest of this year this uh rest of this year for sony and i guess for a lot of the industry looks very very quiet very empty of course we're still at the very beginning of announcement season so we'll see how things look in a week or so but um i don't know tina what were your overall thoughts from the sony state of play yesterday
2: Man, they are really good at like being like, oh, listen, it's just going to be some VR updates. Don't worry about <laughs> right? it. Don't look into it too much. But anyway, we've got, you know, Street Fighter and we've got Final Fantasy. And my personal favorite, we've got the Callisto Protocol, which yes. is, I believe, coming out in December. Yeah. Um, And that. that game. And I feel like there was a little bit of something for everyone, too. Like, I might not be the biggest VR player, although I'm quite intrigued mm-hmm. by the fact that there's another Resident Evil chapter. Mm-hmm. On VR, just because Seven scared me to oof, death, oof, uh, and I okay. cannot imagine playing Village with all the very well-designed, but I don't want them in my face directly, <laughs> uh, enemies in that game. Uh, do not know that I would replay it for that purpose, but I think there are people who would, and there are people that like the thrill of that. Meanwhile, I like the uh, you know third person over the shoulder, Callisto Protocol, obviously very dead spacey considering it comes from Glenn mm-hmm. Schofield's uh, studio striking distance, so that one was a personal fan favorite of mine. So I think it was really tight, and they managed to deliver a lot in that time with a couple 2022 release dates, but not maybe not on uh, the the big AAA, what people are expecting from Sony side. Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, no update on God of War Ragnarok. They said ahead of time it was gonna be third parties, uh, mostly except for PSVR two. so didn't expect that. But still, it still has not been given a release date this year. Uh anyone I
3: mean they had Spider-Man and Horizon in it like I I that that third party thing was not true you know So that's Yeah but true. if they said
2: first party then people would have gotten their hopes up so that's what their you know yeah. the great messaging system yeah. works on and To yeah, clear, to it-
3: your point you know it was a good strategy like they wowed everybody by controlling expectations right Like that made it a good mm-hmm. show it really did
0: to, Absolutely To clarify it's the original Spider-Man coming to PC It wasn't Mm. spider-man 2 and then yeah Yeah. a a new like new game plus update for horizon forbidden west that was out immediately Mm. so no one's no one was like no one's like concerned maybe concerned is too harsh a word but no one like raised an eyebrow that there was nothing big announced from sony for the rest of the year that's kind of everybody though right yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that's true and i guess historically and that's
2: the thing about Sorry, Damon. That's the thing about these summer events. It's like it kind of gives you another sh- uh, snapshot and gets to kind of be that mid-year hitting the reset button on messaging for all the the major publishers mm-hmm. to get another chance before the big holiday season coming up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Callisto Protocol in December. I'm I'm happy with that. Gives me something to play.
3: <laughs> you imagine being a, making like a totally terrifying, awesome horror game-looking thing and being mm-hmm. like, "Well, we can't really make October 31st." So.
0: Happy holidays, everybody! I <laughs> mean, yeah,
2: that doesn't matter to me. Horror all year round, guys. That's my philosophy in life.
0: It's Dead Space Looney's too. Shows. Now these these those two games yeah. are like a month apart now. It's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, true,
2: that's true. it will be yep. interesting to see and then like Stray in July.
0: Stray is in July. Yep. Uh, which, with, I'm sorry, it's um July 19th, and it's going to be included yeah. in PS Plus if you have the what extra mm-hmm. tier, which is very cool. It's cool that like now that's been something that. Xbox has been able to do for years during these presentations. They're going to be like, and it's coming day one to Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Now that Sony has all new PlayStation Plus, they have that bullet in in the chamber as well.
1: Right. Um, That
3: game looks like, like, That could work really well. I don't, I can't think of a game that like captures that kind of movement of cats. And everything they show is like, oh, yeah, that's my cat has done that before, like a total idiot sometimes in some place that he shouldn't be. You know, it just looks great seeing a cat, but intentionally
2: an idiot because they're curious. Um, I love the scene where the cat just like walks on a ledge and knocks down every single bottle that's on there. It's just so cat like.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm curious about that world. They showed a few things that just were like, really cool, like kind of, you know, cyberpunk design type stuff, like it just looked really neat. And like, you wonder why the cat has the, the, the you know, computer backpack and stuff like that. Like, it's all, it's all very intriguing. I, I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, there was a, a PlayStation blog post from the developer talking about how they really did spend, they spent years trying to get like the movement of the cat, right. And mm-hmm. it's a small development team in France, I believe, but they're all cat owners. And there's a couple official studio cats that live in the studio.
3: Do you think it'll have a character creator? Look here's the bottle.
0: Yeah. yeah, I hope this is good. I hope it's not one of those situations where it's like a cool looking indie game that uh, you know arrives into PlayStation Plus, but then ends up. I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Bug Snacks. It's like leading up to Bug Snacks, so like this game looks mm-hmm. great, but then when it was like finally here, it was kind of like, oh, well, this is, eh, this is kind of meh.
2: Oh, like more of a novelty good. thing because yeah. it's cute that it's a cat. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like Bug Snacks. Uh, <laughs> I know some people like I know books
0: some next. people like books next didn't it didn't do mm-hmm. much for me
3: counterpoint tunic ended up amazing
0: tunic did end up amazing mm-hmm. uh okay Sam tell me what you think about Resident Evil 4 remake
3: oh man uh so I have so many thoughts and I cannot wait to play this game I've played Resident Evil on every possible system I loved it on Wii it was so good when it changed up the control schemes and um, you know, to be like motion controls, I'm I, you, know, you may be shocked to hear me saying that, but it was great. I you know basically platinumed it. I, I love the, the the arcade mode and everything. Uh, so then uh, I played it on Switch. I have played it on uh, next gen or uh, whatever last gen systems too. Like I can't get enough of this game. And what's even better is that they're apparently building it from scratch because this game has this, this specific control scheme where it was like of that GameCube era where. Uh, that and Metroid Prime both like had you kind of stop to shoot. You kind of you know, and then you could turn around really quickly, but you have to kind of stop and then aim. And that feels really strange now. Um it's just games don't do that. and neither you know Resident Evil two and three didn't do that. So they released a press release alongside this that was saying like new controls and then a new way to tell the story, which is like, what does that mean? I don't really know. like it sounds like Leon's voice is, is different, and everything, but like everything mm-hmm. they showed, like it looks like Resident Evil four, but you know, so much better. And I also say that like 2 and 3, Resident Evil 2 and 3 are like tiny games compared to this game. This game is so huge. It just goes on and on and on. Um 2 is a bigger game than 3 cuz 3 is kind of a spin-off of 2. But like this is exciting because you don't backtrack through, you know, this one police station and then through like you, you backtrack through this giant village for a long time and then you're in I don't even <laughs> want to go into some of the other environments but and our original review is one of my favorite reviews. I think Matt Cassim Messina wrote it, but I just remember to this day him describing how you move through so many environments and so many large areas that by, time, by the time you look back, you know, it's like you can't, can't believe that you're on, you know, an island at some point, like, you know, with the facility or something. It's just kind of remarkable. And like, that's this game to me. It's just this huge action horror game. I think it's, for my money, the best action horror thing ever, better than any movie any anything. I think it's so good. And I think it's such a good mix of like, you know, explosions and not zombies and aliens and stuff like that. You know, I don't even know oh, if they're aliens. What are plagues? <laughs> well, what are they? They're, they're like aliens. virus. They're like virus things. You know, like I don't know they're in the whole Resident Evil series. There's like basically other otherworldly ass creatures. But I guess yeah. they're from mutations. Is that what they're who knows? Yeah, I don't want umbrellas got in their laboratories and some kind of meteor. We don't know.
0: I'm super excited for this. I've loved, I, I, Resident Evil has really been on, um, sort of got its mojo back, starting with Resident Evil 7, I think, and I have I loved Village, I love the remakes of 2 and 3, so very excited for this. It's a little bit of an interesting case, though, because, as you say, Resident Evil 4 holds up so much better, the original Resident Evil 4 holds up so much better than 2 and 3 do, right? They're, it's much less in need of a complete remake.
3: Yeah. So So if there's a leap that they do, that's that intentional, like, holy crap. Yeah. So it could either go
0: like it could be like better than we could possibly imagine. Or it could or maybe it's like it's not quite as uh, significant as we might have thought. You know, I guess it could go either way. We'll see. Yeah. Justin, you famously don't like spookies, but you got two spooky games in this state of play.
4: Yeah, I think the last horror game I played was Resident Evil 4. Um, or, you know, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I messed around with Evil Within. And so, yeah, really excited about it. But the the game from the state of play that had me most and no one's more surprised by this than me, but it was Horizon Call of the Mountain. Is that what it's called? The VR game? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we're all like when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, that looks good. But then when I was reflecting on it later, the, VR games don't like just the way that VR works and the field of view that you have to have. They don't look as good as like 4K AAA games. They're always a little bit janky graphically, the float, the like
0: floating hands that don't. Yeah, animate they're just
4: like, very yeah. Although Horizon does have floating hands for like gameplay reasons, but just visually. And, um, you know, I guess Half-Life Alex is like the one exception of like a big a looking VR game and everything else is like a generation or two behind. And so once I sort of I watched it a second time, the first time I watched it, I was just watching it as entertainment. I'm like, OK, yeah, this looks cool. But then when I watched it back, sort of realizing this whole experience is going to be in VR and you're going to be like in it. I, it, it like it's uh, undoubtedly like if this is what the game actually looks like it's like the best looking vr anything ever right like nothing no one's ever been able to accomplish something like this in vr half-life alex is the only thing that comes close so um you know and i'm not i like vr you know like it, like everybody else it's sort of a technology enthusiast but i'm not like a massive fanboy for vr like i'll kind of take it or leave it but like goodness gracious this looks like it really could be a killer app for psvr too
1: yeah, I, no. I, I worry
3: that it's, like, too... I, I can't tell from the game. I worry much, like, on rails, just, like, look to the left and right and shoot. Sometimes, you know, m- move forward a little bit. Like, I just can't tell what kind of game it is. And Maybe that's really fun and looks good, but that's, like, an arcade game to me, and, like, I don't know. Yeah.
4: I love arcade games.
3: <laughs> yes. I like arcade games like before before 1983, I like them.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think it probably is, right? Like, it's probably pretty guided and pl- it's more of an experience, right? But, like... Like House of I the think Dead? That- yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, we can only speculate. But even even if it is that, like even if it's not Horizon Forbidden Dawn is ish, like it's still I just I don't know. I'm like I'm I'm really I'm really pumped to like get in here and put that headset on and just experience
0: this. Mm. So no release date or price for PSVR2 though. Uh so this Resident Evil 4 Remake, Callisto Protocol has a uh as a release date December 2nd. So we actually have an awesome run of Survival horror games coming up late this year, early next year. Because you have oh yeah, Callisto Protocol in December, Dead Space remake in January, and then yeah. Resident Evil Four remake on March twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. So that's a great, be like a of- great run.
3: Callisto Protocol, I gotta say too, like it looks different. It's gory and creepy and cool in a different way than Dead Space is. And like I'm just like I'm so impressed by that game. It just looks so cool and like its own thing. And I, I can't wait to play that. Oh.
0: Different how because to me it looks like Dead Space. <laughs> it's in like a um... name only, which is which is fine. It's fine. I like how yeah, it's in like the
2: protagonist movement and oh. in the in the design of the enemies and those kind of close encounters. Obviously, the dark ambiance. You could have told me that, this is but... the
0: Dead Space remake,
2: and I just I probably would have right. just accepted it. <laughs> or the next Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think like one thing that's cool. Like I like this scene in particular. I'm sure this is a cutscene. How that plays out, but because um, it seems like you're hanging upside down there. But I like how. It feels like it borrows from certain kind of cinematic horror experiences too, like different angles and like lingering shots and kind of building up that dread. I love it. I love it a lot.
3: It's so gory. Like that's that's a difference for me is that like Dead Space had those incredible skin monsters and they did horrible things to you. But it's crazy to see that the, the renderings that you see in this and like we haven't seen that much of the Dead Space remake. Like we see a bunch of tech demos and like all this stuff. So it's like the leap in quality. in this is like astounding to me. It's just like, it's really cool looking.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see these games coming out so close to one another, which one, like does the original Dead Space Mm. remade hold up better than the original creative Dead Space making an all new game that's very similar? I don't know, It's Mm -hmm. it's gonna be cool to compare those. And then there's Final Fantasy 16 coming summer 2023. That's a little bit later than I thought. I don't know about you guys because I just, we've heard that, you know, thing, that development is like maybe wrapping up and that they have some, uh, lots of information to share soon. I don't know. How about you guys?
4: Yeah. It, it had vibes of, well, look, we could tell you November and then just delay it. <laughs> yeah. But why don't we just yeah. get it? Like they, they already, it, it, the vibe to me is that they already baked in the delay in like that release date announcement.
0: Yeah. So if I remember correctly, Justin loves Final Fantasy 15. Sam and Tina both love <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. What do we think about Final Fantasy XVI? It looks I mean, great. Once
2: you, yeah. Like, once you hand me, hand me my buddies, which are the summons, I yeah. love that it's like, you know, that's the through line through a lot of the series. And yeah. that familiarity, like, brings me back to my other uh, favorite oh. Final Fantasy game of Final Fantasy X, which I have shared many, many times. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's nice to see that kind of connection and it's always exciting. It, um, it, it brings a lot of fanfare and then from what we understand, I think even just today as we're recording this, there's just a couple more details about who's actually working on it. So like the DMC original combat designer, for instance, which makes a lot of sense, uh, is working on this game too. So cool little details like that seem like it'll make for an enjoyable gameplay experience too. Yeah. I
4: mean, it seems like, um, turn-based combat in the mainline Final Fantasy games is just done um and you know who knows what they'll do for 17 or 18 but it's been several games now since that was sort of like they're 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 getting farther and farther away from that and the combat's becoming more action-oriented which is you know more modern and more in line with like gaming tastes in 2022 i have mixed feelings about it um i think i'm the only person on earth that liked 15's battle system but i I did like it and this feels like based off whatever like the 20 seconds of footage we got like it looks like an Evolution of that and sort of the the strategic action oriented combat in Seven Remake, um it looks really fun, but it does make me wish. I wish Square Enix would like parallel path, like let's do like an old school turn based, you know, mm. f- Final Fantasy kind of game, or mm. and then let's also do this more modern take on it. But now, as I say that out loud, I guess I guess Dragon Quest is keeping the old school torch alive, isn't it? So maybe maybe Final Fantasy is their opportunity to kind of evolve or take RPGs in a new direction, and then. Dragon Quest is keeping the more traditional style um, still still prominent.
0: I did see a lot of disappointment in the IGN comments about the battle system and that it's not oh, really? more, that it's not more strictly turn based.
4: Mm. Good. Well, maybe I'm not crazy then.
2: Yeah, sure. I like the strategy of turn based. It makes a lot of sense to me. You get to kind of slow your roll and figure out yeah. all right at what po- at what point in time am I running out of potions or these spells or you know health on this character and these special moves, etc. I like that strategizing.
0: Sam, how about you?
3: Yeah, so I I would have defended, you know, turn based Final Fantasy until I played seven. Like, I just think that that game worked so well that I wish that was just the battle system that I knew was coming in this game. Like, I actually don't want them to tweak that very much. I think that was the way to go. And I, uh, you know, I didn't get as into it in 15, but I thought it was like totally adequate. I just think like the further that we get from Final Fantasy VII Remake, the, like, the more <clears throat> worried I am. Um, but like, I, I think that's the best RPG action combat I've ever played. I just love it. Um, I, uh, I really like uh, that this game seems to have like, some kind of theme around maybe just they're just showing this first but it was, it was unclear but some kind of theme around the summons like if it yeah. was a storyline about the summons and like them fighting and something like that would be really interesting and like kind of a almost like a Final Fantasy meta theme which mm-hmm. would be like awesome that'd be so cool Um this is a very very different vibe from the very start than 15 was which was always about road tripping boys right it was about <laughs> like it was about like funny hair and like quips and like a, a car, you know, yeah. like this, this couldn't be more different than that. This is the opposite end. It's like mm-hmm. fantasy. It is, mm-hmm. it is, you know, dragons and castles and stuff like that. And like the art doesn't look particularly welcoming or cartoony in any way. Even the Chocobos look like tough, yeah. you know, like, and the, the everything looks gray and like kind of washed out. Like, it almost looks like they're like kind of inspired by like a, a like a Western Skyrim you know a, a style or something like that. I can't tell what it's going for. Um, The the you know, like it just looks it looks gritty. And like, I think that could really work for Final Fantasy. Like I I pictured in my mind as a kid, Final Fantasy three. Or six uh, yeah. in Japan, feeling like this and looking like this and like having this kind of like the, I mean, the world gets erased in that game. And it's a total disaster. <laughs> you know, it's an incredible dark storyline. And like, I would be up for that after uh, some light ones like Final Fantasy 15 and then seven. It's kind of a mix, right? Like, there's a lot of jokes in that game and a lot of like goofiness
1: mm-hmm. and the
3: characters are goofy and they're like caricatures, you know? um but you you come to love them and, and they have like serious moments and of course there's a very serious moment in that game so i understand that but this is this, it's really hard to tell where this game is going and i don't think it's going to make next summer at all i can't believe people expected it to be out this year <laughs> there's no way like if they're showing this much of it like i don't know seven has half of that game out and it's been 10 years like i don't know what kind of timeline these <clears> games are on but like if it comes out next summer it might not be the giant final fantasy we expect
4: yeah, I mean, if this game comes out next summer, does that mean that the Seven Remake Part Two is twenty twenty four? Yeah, like,
1: when's that like, coming out? Yeah,
4: they wouldn't sure. release two yeah. big mainline Final Fantasies in one year, would they? So I don't know what that means for that game.
0: I continue to be so annoyed by the existence of the Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven <VII> Remake,
2: <laughs> even though I had fun playing <laughs> by it. By the time it I comes out, we'll just, have to replay it. I know. Just I had to fun keep
0: up with the storyline. Oh, I totally. Just, the way that Square is handling it is so obnoxious to me. And then there's Street Fighter 6, which you know I think, I'm, I'm not a huge fighting game fan, but I think parts of this seem really cool to me. There's apparently like a, an open world-ish single player mode, which I welcome because I loved playing the single player story mode in Mortal Kombat 11. They can do something along the same lines in Street Fighter VI, I'll totally play that.
4: Do you see, they didn't have it in their stream, but did you see like the commentator mode to announcement in trailer later? It's that so cool. cool. That seems cool and, and it's one of those things where it's one of those brilliant additions. If you didn't see it, they have, you know, casters that when you're playing the CPU or just playing the game, they'll give you play-by-play. Like, you know, and these are actual humans, like actual, you know. Like
0: well-known uh, casters, yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. And like, it's one of the, like when I saw the trailer, I'm like, I can't believe that hasn't been a thing for the yeah, last 20 years. Because
0: it's been in sports games forever, yeah. right? Yeah
4: exactly it's so brilliant and like i I don't know i really like i'm not a big fighting game guy either but i admire them from afar and pick them up and play them once in a while and like it just really feels like capcom understands the fighting game community and understand like just from the art and from the just everything i'm seeing about this game and its general sort of vibe and uh we saw it at the beginning of the trailer if you're watching the video version of scoop like the sort of um uh, street and graffiti style that they're bringing forward for this game. It, it, um, it really
0: seems great. Yeah, I think it looks cool. Um, and then I'll, it's also been announced to be coming to Xbox, which is nice. Cause I don't think Street Fighter V ever did come to Xbox. Oh, really? Um, that was all the big stuff that stood out to me from state of play. Anything else, any, anything anyone else wants to mention?
4: I really liked, I had to look up the name of it cause I forgot that indie game season, a letter to the future. I thought oh, just, yeah. Like I don't really know that much about the gameplay, or like it was more of a mood trailer. Mm-hmm. But I just I felt like kind of sucked into my screen and enamored with what I was seeing, and it definitely accomplished what a teaser trailer should do. Where I'm like, wow, I really want to learn more about this. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you do know you ride a bike to traverse around the world. Yeah, How's that gameplay. It's n-
4: not enough of that. that it's good. like <laughs> that and um, Costume Quest. You ride a bike in that game and Paperboy.
2: Paperboy
0: <laughs> and
4: Pokemon. Can we, can we think of more Pokemon?
0: You you ride a bike in Pokemon? Yeah, it's
3: w- ex- it's extremely helpful in uh, in the first Pokemon game on Ford. When you get a bike, you can like move twice as fast around the environment.
0: Surely there's been some sort of like like a BMX trick game. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, well surely. there's BMX Triple X. Triple X, yeah. Which, you know.
3: <laughs> well, I mentioned this earlier, but speaking of character designers and BMX Triple <clears> X, <throat> it's an infamous one. Uh, but character designer for stray would be great. I want to design my own cat.
0: Um, you want to make rocket?
3: Yeah. Well, he's he'd be easy to design. He's just a color <laughs> yep. ship. But it'd be cool. If, like, uh, can you imagine the appeal of like a very good cat designer, where it's like you could really make any sort of you know cat, because cats come in so many different prints and varieties and everything. And sometimes they're like half a cow cat and half a tiger cat. You know, and mm-hmm. it'd be so fun to do that and b- build
1: your cat in a game. I would just love that. Color their toe beans the right colors. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> get that right
0: yeah you don't see the i don't, I don't know how many op- opportunities you'd have to see those in game but
4: mm-hmm. well okay but to be fair you could customize your genitals in cyberpunk so yeah, yeah <laughs> that's
0: true
3: there's a uh, i'm sure there's games that have like intense horse creators and stuff because there's like a whole horse gaming community and that's the same idea so they can come in so many different colors and varieties and everything yeah i want that for cats
0: All right. So that was Sony State of Play. Uh, Coming up later on next week is uh, Summer Game Fest on Thursday. And then the the Xbox Bethesda Showcase is on Sunday. Sandwiched in between there is the IGN Expo on Friday. So lots of good stuff. Should be lots of fun announcements coming on the way. And you can watch it all on IGN. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Sakani from Chicago did. And they say, I've been ready for a while to make the jump to current gen consoles. Unfortunately, I decided to go with the PlayStation 5, and those things are still hard to come by. Then one day at Target, I saw something I thought to be impossible, an Xbox Series X just sitting on a shelf in the electronics section. I'm now rethinking my console of choice. I decided to go with the PS5 because of awesome single-player experiences like Spider-Man, Rise of Forbidden West, and more. However, I have to weigh this against the value of Game Pass, Ultimate, and the fact that I can actually buy an Xbox. So my question is, as someone that is almost exclusively interested in quality, single-player gaming experiences, I have absolutely no interest in any form of online multiplayer, is it worth it to settle for an Xbox, or should I hold out for the PS5? I know most games these days are cross-platform, but does the Xbox have any single-player exclusives, current or upcoming, that can rival what's on the PlayStation 5?
4: Mm, well, first of all, Sakani, that Xbox is 100% gone. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, not, it's not there anymore.
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe if you hide it behind the paper towels somewhere.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. I stuck it or behind the Or something that moves less than Yeah, not towels. paper towels. Don't hide it behind furniture. the paper
3: towels
0: or the toilet paper.
3: Hide it behind like the 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 canned beets.
0: Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> the uh,
3: the the fact of the matter is that uh, this is like a, such a funny reason for a GameStop to still exist because you could totally get a, a Series X and then when PS5s are available, you just go trade it in. Remember when we all used to do that?
0: Uh, no, I never did that. I never. You never traded any- your yeah. oh,
3: man. I have a I have a story I've told here before of the most bummer thing ever where I traded in my NES to get a Genesis, which was exciting at the
4: time. But then I was sure. like,
3: "That that was all of my games for Sonic the Hedgehog, basically, right?"
4: Yep. Yeah. I you know so yeah, the reputation like obviously PlayStation has a lot of multiplayer games and Xbox has a lot of single player games, but like speaking very generally. PlayStation seems to have have a rep for like narrative driven single player adventures and Microsoft tends to skew a little bit more towards the multiplayer side of things with Halo and other games like that. But I would say, yeah, there are there are a lot of great single player experiences on Xbox. Um, I don't think they're probably quite as strong as PlayStation's first party lineup, like God of War and all the Uncharted games and Ghosts of Tsushima, like Spider-Man, like the list goes on and on and on. Um, but if you're characterizing it as settling, which the questioner was like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, I loved the Halo campaign. All the Gears of War campaigns are on um, on Game Pass. And, you know, I'm sure there's obviously dozens of others.
3: Yeah, the ga- I'm playing a bunch on Game Pass as I brought up on the show. I mean, Tunic and Fair and like there's a bunch, just a bunch of a bajillion games that are great. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I would add that, like, think about what we just talked about in the show. We talked about a Sony conference and almost every game that we talked about is also coming to Xbox. Resident Evil o- is, Dead Space o- is, Callisto
0: is. The only one that isn't is Final Fantasy 16. And who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe it will someday.
3: To the best of our knowledge, right? Like we, we, we don't know with games like that where they end up uh, as exclusives. So like if you look at that lineup and you're excited about that, like it's it's a, it's equivalent. So, you know, you got to think of the exclusives and like how long you want to wait to play those because at some, some point you will be able to play them. Like they'll... The, the PlayStation, uh, we didn't bring this up, actually. Damon, you had had uh, some, uh, you were looking at a story about how uh, PlayStation is r- like saying they're ramping up production, right? So there's like an yeah. additional, uh, you know, th- they talked about that this week in addition to having the show. So, you know, I, I think that there's a uh, there's a good chance that the games that are single player great experiences are also going to be from third parties. I mean, we haven't even heard from Ubisoft, right? Like, well, what is the next Assassin's Creed? Well, the last Assassin's yeah. Creed is amazing, you know? Like, there's stuff like that where uh, you'll be able to play great games in any
1: system. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's an interesting uh, juncture to ask that question too, because we are in the thick of like seeing a couple more reveals and this has been, you know, an M&A season for, for everybody um, kind of scrambling to to scoop up other third-party studios to make them first-party studios. So I feel like we're going to learn a lot even in just the next week um, as a, all that stuff mm-hmm. unfolds. And since you didn't do the hiding behind the canned beats mechanism, maybe you can take the beat and the other kind of beat and wait and see how <clears throat> all that shakes out.
4: That was a really good pun. That was A+. plus, it, it was pretty it just good. It came
2: out all organically.
3: <laughs> uh, organically, organic beats is another good pun you inadvertently made there. That was intentional. Uh, so, uh, oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, J- Justin, you've been watching Xboxes in stock, and there have been online. Periods Mm -hmm. in which they have been in stock too. So the store shelves are one thing, but like I actually bought one for the office off of Amazon a couple weeks ago. And I think like afterwards, Justin was like, they're still in stock for like an hour later or something like that.
4: Yeah, Yeah, they were. I I declared on GameScoop that the Xbox shortage was over because at the time we recorded it, it had been been in stock. Like anyone could go buy it on Amazon.com for I think at that point it was like two days, like two full days. Mm -hmm. But then that stock ran out and they have not come back um (laughs) speaking generally yeah the xbox stock situation is a lot more stable like ps5s ps5s are still unbelievably like they're incredibly hard to find um and xbox is like if you want to get your hands on an xbox you kind of can if you look around enough um Oh, I also wanted to add, by the way, uh, Bethesda games on Xbox. So obviously their back catalog with id Software and Bethesda and Prey and then the core Bethesda games like the Fallouts and the Skyrims. Um, But then obviously everything upcoming as well will be um, well, you know, we'll see if it's multi-platform, but it is Xbox owned and is obviously going to be on the Xbox platforms as well. Yeah, Famously
3: single player
4: uh, series, too.
0: Yeah. So connie my my simple answer would be that if in your heart in your mind you would be settling for an xbox i would say don't go for it in my opinion it's not settling to go for an xbox series x i have both consoles sitting right here i like them both i like the user interface of the playstation 5 better but man my xbox (coughs) series x console is a lot snappier a lot faster i get into my games faster and it has never crashed and failed on me and forced me to reinstall the os like that's
2: why now, <laughs>
0: in terms of single player exclusives, there's a lot of potential on the Xbox side because they have Bethesda and they're acquiring Activision. There's you know there's going to be Starfield and Redfall and you know Indiana Jones and Fable and uh, Perfect Dark and all this stuff. But you know we're still just in a holy pattern waiting for all that stuff. However, if you bought an Xbox Series X for an extra fifteen dollars, instantly you have access mm-hmm. to Skyrim, Fallout 4, Doom Eternal, Wolfenstein 1 and 2, Dishonored 1 and 2, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Jedi Fallen Order, Titanfall 2, Slay the Spire, Dead Cells, Hades, Halo Infinite, Man Eater, Guardians of the Galaxy, Monster Train, Mortal Kombat 11, The Outer Worlds, a bunch of Yakuza's. My list goes on. Saikano 2, Spelunky 2, mm. Tunic, and that's just like my cherry picked list of games that I like. There's like dozens. Why
2: did and you? Why more. did you have the three of us answer this? You, you, you <laughs> had it all ready to go. Like, it was a test, then we failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I want to. I, I let you. I let my panel. I, I'm. Not, I. This isn't. Uh, this isn't a, a place for me to just <laughs> monologue. <laughs> look, but please look forward to that podcast in the future. <gasps>
4: yeah,
1: no. D- we call that
0: the Daily da- yeah. Awards. You know
4: what really grinds my gears? Yeah, it's just. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This is Matt from the UK. What's up, Scoop Crew? Love the podcast. I love it so much that I've made a little game that I think you guys will like. My home office has my collection of retro consoles. Some of them still have their boxes. While looking at them the other day when I should have been working, I was amused by some of the descriptions and copy on the boxes. So the game for the team is to guess the console based on the line of copy. Five consoles to guess, uh, and I've done them in, I think, ascending order of difficulty, he says. Good luck. Okay, so So this is
3: like the back of a console box. It would say something about it.
0: Or the front. front.
4: It's actually ascending. Is this hardest first or easiest first? What is Which is ascending?
2: Easiest first.
0: Yeah, I would think ascending ascending order of difficulty would be easiest first. Got it. Okay. So which retro game box would say portable, full-color handheld game system?
4: Game Mm. Gear? Game Gear.
0: It is the Game Gear. You would think. think We have images. So, wow, look like how it's played.
3: It, it's hilarious. So I my Game Gear box was that one. I had like a pink one. Well, Same, remember this, he's,
0: this is from the UK. So maybe they're different packaging.
3: Cool. Yeah, that's, that looks like the mm-hmm. Master System packaging.
0: I was just really going to cool. say, that's interesting that they copied the Master System packaging for the Game Gear, <laughs> considering the Master System was not very successful.
3: But it, it was more successful in Europe than it was in the United States, I
4: think. That's interesting. Do you think the, do you think the Vita also said portable full-color handheld game system <laughs> on the front of its box? <laughs> Maybe I mean that's, it could that's have
2: coming up. Mm. Mm.
3: <laughs> I've always been impressed that Nintendo keeps on touting the Switch as full of color. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, next one. Next one, next one. Which one would say, what box would say 64-bit interactive multimedia system?
4: Mm, I think it's a trap. I don't think it's the I don't think it's the N64. I bet it's the Jaguar. <laughs>
0: It is multi- the Jaguar. <laughs> yes! yes. The Jaguar. 64-bit interactive multimedia system. Remember, this is the early 90s. Multimedia yeah. was a big buzzword back then. That yeah, was like the multiverse you, of the early 90s.
3: You, what was the CD-ROM dictionary at the time?
4: Oh, Encarta?
3: <laughs> yeah, Encarta. Do you think it had Encarta 94 <laughs> on it?
4: Probably. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't imagine Nintendo describing their console as a multimedia system. They still, they still wouldn't do stuff like that.
0: You know, I was today years old when I realized the R has like jaguar claw marks.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: on it. Oh. <laughs> I, I never picked up on that before.
3: This one came with the power kit, it means you can you can plug it in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sam, do you like how Atari has the uh, American flag over it? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> What's this about?
3: I, well, to- I mean, unfortunately, I think Atari had to. At that time, especially, be like very clear that they weren't made in Japan or a Japanese company, even though they had a Japanese term for their name.
0: Based out of Sunnyvale, California. Sunnyvale, California. Okay, next one, number three. Portable color entertainment system features multiplayer capability, high-resolution graphics, battery saver, backlight switch, four-channel sound. Lynx? It is the Lynx. You guys are... Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Justin pulling through.
0: That is the, that is the Atari Lynx. I um, have never seen
4: or held an Atari Lynx in my hand or played one.
0: Wow. I, mean, I like God, how that, that box is so corny. Under the picture, it says actual size. <laughs> More than should <laughs> say that on the this box. Lynx, this Lynx was not enlarged to show texture.
4: Oh, um, look at the buttons. Look, I've always been so fascinated by the buttons on the Atari Lynx.
0: Yeah, there's weird buttons.
1: Also, this <laughs> is, I think, weird buttons.
0: They, they made a revised version that was bigger, I think. This one, the screen looks so small to me here.
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one. Hold on. Do you think I have one more? Do you think there's any, like, so the Game Gear has, like, a couple of shmups and, like, other games that, like, you know, it could, like, it's good. like, it's got a library of stuff. Like, is there anything? Are there any games on the Lynx that, like, yeah, like, you should play the Lynx version of blah, like, does anyone know,
0: like, is there I don't any know. exclusive? Th-
3: is that Rygar on the, on the advertising? Yeah.
0: Yes, right? Yeah. There was a, there was a flying game that was like Afterburner. Which one was it like? Um, like yeah, blue, it was Blue Thunder or Blue Lightning.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm Googling Best Atari Party okay. Lynx games. We can, we blue, can move on. Damon. It's, blue, um,
0: it's <laughs> blue Lightning. I think that one was kind of like Supposed Rampart like showcase.
3: Yeah. It's yeah, going to be mean, a bunch of like great ports. Cause I think yeah. the ports are
0: really cool. Yeah. Oh, there's a stun racer, stun runner. Sorry. Stun runner. Was on the links too which is pretty yeah cool.
4: rygar i don't know that there's any exclusives on the links i think the links just had cool versions of like other games
0: it has the atari or the arcade version of ninja gaiden yeah xenophobe okay yeah we can move yeah. on
4: there's some cool there's some cool
0: games okay last one and apparently the the most difficult one according to matt in the uk <clears throat> arcade graphics and sound new dimensions in gameplay the ultimate computer game console uh, new
4: dimensions in gameplay, Virtual Boy. Not the Virtual Boy, no. Ah, uh, I thought that was like. I mean, it
3: just sounds like Neo Geo to me, but like, I wonder if um.
4: Yeah, I think so too.
3: I mean, it could just be like Philips CDI or 3DO or
0: something. Like Let, that. Let's give it. Let's hear it one more time, Damon. 3DO, maybe because the dimensions, arcade graphics and sound, new right. dimensions in gameplay, the ultimate computer game console.
3: Yeah, I mean, I uh, my best Comput- guess is some version of the Neo Geo, like the Wonderswan or something.
4: Yeah, computer game console. What, like, that's a very sort of odd, hmm. like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, Commodore 64 or something like that.
0: Yeah, computer game console is odd. I'm, once again, I'm going to guess it's because this was released in the UK. This is the Sega yeah. Mega, Mega Drive. Oh. Weird. Because oh, remember, like, in the them. 80s, computer gaming was so much bigger in the UK than it yeah. was for us. Arcade
3: hit Altered Beast, in quotes, Altered Beast. Mm. It's kind of like I mi-
0: I missed the third one. Oh, yeah. OK, so uh, sorry. There's one more. I missed the third one. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done. Back up the hill. Yeah, back up. This one should be easier. Experience the ultimate in video entertainment. Oh, isn't that just, just, the, just N-
1: the NES? NES, right?
0: It's, it's the NES, yeah. The ultimate in video entertainment. Yeah, that's it. That's the only one that I like, actually recognized.
2: Any uh, 20 questions yet.
0: Well, well done. <laughs> well done, and thank you, Matt, from the UK. This is Bryson from Chicago, neighbors to Sakani. Uh, greetings. All the Silent Hill and Metal Gear remake rumors got me thinking, why don't video game developers and publishers just announce what they're working on right <laughs> when they begin working on it? Why all the secrecy? I can't think of any other entertainment medium that operates that way with projects that are in development. When Warner Brothers or Disney decided to make a new TV show or movie. They almost what? always immediately announce that it's in development, along with the cast, directors, producers, etc. That's not true. <laughs> Why do games go about it differently? Is it the long development times? Is it because a large percentage of games never actually get out of early, de- early development? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, so Justin, you don't think all- it's true.
4: No, like we have we know what we know, the next four or five Marvel movies. And there's a billion projects that are in development that are unannounced. Right. Like it's completely same with Star Wars. Same with all of that stuff. It's a managed, you know, a managed marketing cycle like anything else is. I
3: think uh, they take shorter times to make.
2: I was going to say, also, it may seem different because there are more incremental announcements, like character by character, in the entertainment world, um, in the Hollywood world. You'll get like character by character announcements of who's playing as what specific characters. Because there's, a, I think, there's just a little bit more gravitas to it, more celebritydom to it, so you can spread out the marketing more as opposed to with games. You're a little bit like, all right, there's a teaser trailer, there's a cinematic trailer, there's a gameplay trailer, there's another gameplay trailer, there's a boss trailer, whatever it might be, or boss gameplay, whatever. Um, But I think it really ultimately comes down to like people being hesitant or studios, publishers, marketing teams being hesitant to set themselves up for failure uh, because a lot of expectations are wrapped up in any sense of any kind of announcement. And especially with game development, it's just super unpredictable and really complex uh, to pull off a game. I'm not to say that, you know, making movies and TV shows aren't complicated, but there's just so much more that can go awry in game development. And I think they get nervous to, you know, speak too soon, set up those expectations, and then the next time that something needs to change, like the puddles in Spider-Man aren't quite what they (laughs) used to be, and there's a ton of backlash, like nobody wants to, you know, be in that kind of, find themselves in that kind of situation.
0: Yeah, and I think there are also a lot of um, examples of games that are announced very early on, like Rockstar has, has announced that it is working on GTA 6, even though it hasn't actually revealed gta 6 right well it's also
2: been like rumored (laughs) announcements for so long maybe they just wanted to own the message at a point of time i mean yes yes we're working on it i think
0: starfield's another example you know like you know
4: the question being phrased is like why don't they announce them early i think i would rephrase it as like well why would they like what's in it for them like what benefit is there to the developer or publisher to let people know six years early that they're making you know fallout 5 like those announcements are tied to marketing beats and frequently tied to like you know, pre-order, like transactional opportunities to sort of start driving toward the ultimate goal of like, let's sell as many copies of this thing as we can.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can come up with two reasons why they would want to do an announcement early, and they're very different from each other. One is that they might be crowdfunding, right? So that's one where you're just like, this game is just like an idea right now. And we need to crowdfund it. So we need to get a bunch of people together and, and you know, make that happen. That, that There's some examples of that, of course. We all know them. Um, you mean
2: like sourcing for talent? Because that's definitely No, I mean Kickstarter. You you put- oh, I see. Okay, so not like a formal like AAA publisher.
3: Yeah, it's like we need to actually have the fans raise the money for this game. Uh, and then the other is that uh, there's two examples of well, something we're talking about today uh, of, of games that are ultra transparent in their development. And that's like Dead Space, uh, for example. And, 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 and I guess to a lesser extent, um, Starfield, but where they show these dev diaries and talk about the game so extensively that sometimes the development pivots on fan response. So they want... And this happens more with Kickstarter too, so that they're kind of overlap. But they want like the community to kind of shape the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very unusual, but it happens. And I Mm -hmm. think that you kind of have to expect that if you have um, if you're going to build an intense fan community that really has ownership in the game, maybe you want to like go really early. Mm -hmm. I I had one other point I wanted to make too. Go ahead, Doug.
2: I was just going to add a third one. Go ahead, yeah. Which is that sometimes they do announce projects because they're sourcing for talent, and then you could be a little bit more Mm -hmm. transparent in saying, like, this is the project we're working on and we're looking for a narrative designer because it's very story-focused kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So for hiring and recruitment, essentially. Yeah.
4: There's a real material difference in the way that video games are made and the way that movies are made, even as the two mediums sort of come together and they look and feel like they're these big entertainment events. But, like, video games are made by a studio and that crew, you know, it's all done in-house although certainly things can be contracted out so on and so forth but movies are not made that way like movies are made by a crew of people that are often many different unions that come together for that project and then they break apart right and so they have to you can't keep a movie a secret it's impossible like because once that movie is greenlit and a crew of people are going to come together and shoot that movie you can't just surprise announce that you filmed indiana jones 5 but you can do that with a movie because it's all done inside. It's done behind those closed doors of that studio. Um, so, like if Amy Henniger, whomever, goes to work somewhere else, like there's no like you can't hide what a director is doing, but you can hide what like a video game art tour is doing because it's a crew of people all doing it inside this specific office in a way that it's not um, you know an external third party crew of DPs and sound people and above the line and below the line producers making that movie.
0: Sure. Some movies do shoot under code names for production and they may like, they may like build like stuff to try and block out what they're shooting. But point taken, it's much harder to keep it a secret than a game.
4: And they also, that's part of like going back to my Marvel example to give a slightly less flippant answer than what I opened with. Like because so much of Marvel is done in house now and in that kind of almost more like video game style, like it does allow them like they do, they can film stuff in secret, you know, and kind of announce it when it's a little bit farther down the line or cast things in secret, like they've reached a point where, where, um, you know, it's different than the way that like, you know, I don't know, like a Warner brothers would make a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Extracurricular activities. Ooh. Is, is everyone watching Obi Wan Kenobi? Oh, uh, no, we were doing stranger things first. Ah, okay. Nice. Um, what do you think? I, I, I bounced off stranger things. I think in season two, Oh, oh
2: man! People say that. I really like this the season four though. Are you liking I, it so far, Justin?
4: I did too. I like i the first episode is such whiplash. That show has a billion characters now, and I think I legitimately think there's like five plots. There's like an A B C D E plot that it keeps cutting between, and it's insane. And like that was tough for me. Like I was kind of teasing about it a little bit on social media, but like I'm completely engrossed now like once you sort of get reoriented into this 1980s world and into these characters mm. and actually all the plots are important and it feels like I don't I'm like 5 episodes in and it feels like they're all going to build in like a really satisfying way where all those storylines come together and like it's just a really really well done season of television and you can I feel like I can see where the money went like mm. that show is 30 million dollars an episode and it looks like it like it does each like I you, I my eyes rolled into the back of my head when the when the directors were like each episode feels like a movie but like it really does like it feels like they made like seven movies almost and um
2: it's as that, long as movies from the 80s would yeah. have been too yeah, yeah.
4: totally <laughs> and, it's exactly and i just i can't I, like I, it's like the horror aspects are really, really creepy and horrifying and horrible. And then the action scenes feel like really well done, satisfying action scenes. Like every aspect of it, I think is like delivering for me. I'm actually, I'm really, really enjoying it so far.
2: Yeah, I really like season four, and even though, because I've heard that criticism a lot too. Like, even though there are a lot of characters, they are all going through their personal character arcs. So you're seeing development, and you're mm-hmm. seeing it through the lens of like these are young kids, and they're kind of figuring their life out. And a lot of them are awkward, and like maybe they make the wrong calls in certain moments. But they're maturing as you <coughs> see them go through the seasons, and that's cool to see. It Almost feels like a Toy Story experience where you're like growing up alongside yeah. um, the characters that you're watching, and it's the darkest one yet. So mm-hmm. like as they're growing up and maturing, so is the show in a lot of ways
4: the uh the temptation by season four which they announced season four and then five is going to be the last one like the temptation to have it be like well you know this is the nerd and this is the jock and this is the tech guy but like it's not that like you're right each character is still going through character growth and development that they have to you know dedicate time to and like you know these these satisfying sort of narrative journeys that they're all going on it's great Damon, you should pick it back up. And even oh, yeah. season season three is really fun too. That's the season in the mall, so it's got like a good sort of thing that it orients itself around.
3: This, okay. if you, we don't need to up, upsell Damon on this anymore, but we haven't mentioned yet. that This season is a horror show, and it's gory mm. AF. It yeah, is. It
2: crazy. Is. Well, it's pretty disturbing okay. in moments. Okay, yeah. all right. That's the, all right. That's now you're speaking my language. My,
3: it's yeah. it's kind of unbelievable. Like I, what? The, we
2: totally okay. Yeah.
0: All right, you're but we did my totally
2: language. co-opt Damon's topic.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, and and let's say no, we won't, we won't share any spoilers here. Um, I like Obi Wan. I'm actually liking it a lot. How about you Me guys? Me too.
3: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I can't wait for each episode. Like, I, I, it's the thing I'm looking forward to the most in my life, entertainment wise, right now. I love it. It's, it's,
0: it's only six episodes long, so like they're actually able to do really significant stuff in every episode. I think.
3: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, it's a great pace. I mean, so I'm not up to date. I haven't seen this this week's episode, actually. But um, so far, from the two episodes I've seen, feels like a good pace. And it's the most connected to, like, core characters from the core franchise. So mm-hmm. I think that's also a good fan service thing, too. It, makes, it feels more grounded in that sense. Yeah.
0: Like, it, it was revealed long ahead of time that Darth Vader would be in it. So this isn't a spoiler. My favorite part of the show is just everything between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader is, like, mm-hmm. amazing, top-tier Star Wars stuff. It's like a payoff from the prequels twenty years ago that we never expected to get. It's, they they handled yep. it really really well.
4: Yeah, and,
3: and all the connections to a new hope are are, are fantastic. Um, there's you always knew that Obi Wan Darth Vader had like had some kind of encounter, and so we saw that like in Episode three, the Mustafar one, which is like like I don't think that's very good. A lot of people like that movie now, and and you know that scene is is kind of you know famous now and in infamous yeah. in some ways but like you want to kind of see obi-wan and darth vader have more than the thing we always knew that 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 Darth Vader gets chopped up in a lava pit, right? Yeah. And so, I, ho- I hope we get to see more of that in this, and like, that's where they're edging towards. Um, and then the uh, the I will say that the latest episode has a bullshit fight in it that I think is handled in such a corny way yeah. with a bunch of things that happened that like I'm so shocked that they left in it. It's and the rest of the series has been great, but the last ten minutes of the re- latest episode, I think, were were just remarkably bad.
4: What? Yeah, I, don't know why. I, I heard about I heard that same. Well, like I heard it compared to the city chase scene in Boba Fett where I haven't seen Obi Wan yet, where like these Star Wars TV shows seem to kind of have a little bit of a problem with their action scenes these days.
3: So, Damon, let me just qualify that with saying the fact that the things in that those scenes happen is cool and the characters in those scenes are cool, but the setting is really dumb and the force use is really dumb.
0: Wow, oh, I, I, I I'm I'm surprised you say that because I think I liked all of it, but maybe yeah. we'll have to we'll have to discuss more maybe after we're done tape. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. That that part was great.
3: Um, I still loved it, but I think it was bullshit. And they could it's just like it's disappointing at, at the at the clip the show is going so far. And by the way, I I like the um the hunters the the, the inquisitors a lot too. I was gonna I say that's like a cool theme. Mm-hmm.
0: I was gonna say that's the weak part of the show for me. The inquisitors uh, they just seem kind of goofy. They're not menacing or scary
3: they're not those things but, but i do like yeah. how their motivations are to, to betray each other and i like I mean that's like, very it's like the dark side of the force they're all yeah. just jerks i, I get that
0: funny. like i like i like that part of it like yeah. the sith will eat themselves they can't they <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. ever like they can't ever like get along yeah. i like that part of it but just they, they just seem like kind of like goofy caricatures whereas like they're handling darth vader in like a really like cool scary way
3: Yeah, definitely. Like the end of uh, Rogue One, uh, Darth Vader was like my favorite Darth Vader scene ever. Yeah. And I think like like, I want to see more of that.
0: Yeah. Like if you think about the original trilogy, like we don't see Darth Vader kill anyone except his own generals. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, you know, not too many spoilers, but you do see Darth Vader do some really, 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 really bad stuff.
3: Yeah. I heard originally he was going to chop up a bunch of Ewoks, but then they cut them.
0: (laughs) Aw. he
4: shoots down he was he shoot down porkins and um in a new hope or maybe that might be just a
0: generic he does fight, kill people with his spaceship
3: that's true yeah. that's true well okay. I, I didn't consider yeah, that he does
0: shoot of. down some pilots sure but not he, I have, he doesn't know yeah. um anyway i like obi-wan enjoying that i also saw top gun
3: oh man what? i want to see top gun in the theater oh how was oh it? yeah,
0: I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I, lots of people love it, but I think it those tend to be the people that are like super fans of the original. I'm not a super fan of the original. I, I like it well enough, but it's the it's not in my like top 80s movies. You know, oh, movies, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more like a Terminator, Predator, Commando yeah. kind of
3: guy. You have to really like volleyball to like top.
0: Yeah, but it's totally it's a totally fun, entertaining movie. I liked it a lot. I recommend seeing it in theaters.
3: Mm-hmm. Did it give you motion sickness?
0: No, not at all. I don't usually get motion sickness. Well, you're not so.
3: going to get a box quote by saying that.
0: <laughs> it didn't give me motion sickness. I didn't and, <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Robert in Austin, Texas. Tina, do you know Robert?
2: Oh, maybe. <laughs> hey, Rob.
0: <laughs> Let the questioning begin.
2: Is this a PlayStation exclusive? No. Always got to go for the meta.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, is this from before two thousand?
4: Yes. Is it from before nineteen
3: ninety? Yes. Okay, I was thinking it might be a Star Wars
4: nineties game,
1: mm. a Phantom Menace spinoff.
4: Could be it. Could be a Star Wars eighties game. a Star Wars eighties game.
2: Is it an arcade game?
4: No. Whoa. Is it an NES game? Yes, that's five.
3: So on a console-exclusive NES game, of which there were many. That's great, but it's great to narrow down that there's no arcade game. Is this a licensed game? No.
2: Is it part of a series?
3: No. Whoa. I think we got Kid Nicky Radical Ninja lined up here. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, Snake, rattle, and roll. Um, Is the company that made this game still in existence today? Yes. Cool. Ooh. Was this made in Japan?
1: No. Oh.
4: Okay. Okay.
1: Square or Atari? Rare? Rare.
3: RC Pro-M? Sorry,
1: I meant Rare, not Square. Yes.
3: Yes, RC Pro-M. That's
1: Rare, right? Yep. Trade West?
3: (sighs) Milton Bradley. Um, so, uh, was this made in uh, in Europe
0: or Britain? Yes, that's ten.
4: Uh, is it a rare game? Yes. Uh, okay. Do you do you race RC cars? No. Oh,
3: no. no. <laughs> I, one time insane. I looked up the list of rare games for NES recently, and
1: there's so oh, many. Oh well,
2: there you go.
3: It's like dozens yeah. and dozens and
1: dozens. What's
2: but snake, they, there's like, on
1: rolls
4: one? There's a couple that are well known, um, and yeah. then what's the
2: does Battletoads count? Set them? Yeah, I think so. Does that count as a series?
4: I just I Oh, it's sure. definitely a series.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But Battletoads versus Double Dragon is not a series. Only one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, so a one-off rare game. Um,
2: let's Should we see. ask if it's if it was well received? We haven't used that one in a while. Yeah, that'd be great. Damon.
0: Was it well well received? Not really. No. Can,
2: oh. can you pull up
3: the Sushi X review? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Mm.
3: So it, this might be in the Rare Replay collection. We could ask that. I don't know if oh, that would yeah. help, though.
4: Yeah, it's got to be. What was there? So there was Attic Attack. Um. But it there... wasn't
2: well received, so theoretically, it wouldn't be in there.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I think they just threw, they tossed, it's not like literally all their games, but they tossed a bunch of junk in, in that collection. Mm. Did they? Um, there is the, what's the wolf one?
1: Wolf one. Um,
4: I don't know, I can't remember.
1: Is this, uh, is, do you play as a human in this game?
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, with, yes. An <laughs> yes what are with an asterisk. you laughing at? Why is that so funny?
1: Yeah. Okay. That could eliminated be t- some games. Uh what about, it could what be about, a,
3: oh what's, what's the boat game that they made that everybody loves?
4: Cobra some Cobra Triangle is that? Cobra them?
3: Triangle, yeah. Do you pilot a vehicle of some sort in this game?
4: No. That's fifteen. Uh, okay. <laughs> what um, about a uh, jetpack? Was that on the NES? No, you know, that, that treat, only
3: came up to Amiga. Um I think this is gonna be a game that like everybody knows. Like it's just gonna be one that like is U- a ubiquitous NES game that's like just kind of like you know crummy in there.
4: I don't think about. I feel like I've run through all the rare NES games I can think of.
2: I mean, we have a hint there somewhere with the human, but with an asterisk. Yeah, we can means. narrow it down
3: by genre in some way. I mean, like I thought it would be one of these driving or, or boated games, but it's not. So that that's good to know. Um, human with an asterisk. <laughs>
4: Why is that so funny? Why is it funny if you play as a human? I don't get it. <laughs>
2: no, it's, it's, it's got to be like it's a human, but there's some sort of caveat.
4: Like a
3: werewolf, or just you yeah. just look really stupid in it. Uh, it could be like there's I, that's not rare though. There's like Mile and Seeker Castle and Solomon's Key and like things
1: like that. Like what are those rare games? Um, uh, is this like a puzzle solving game? No not the lolos. I know those weren't rare.
2: Should we go perspective to narrow it down?
0: Yeah, is it, side is it a side scroller? Is it a side scroller? No.
1: Uh-oh. Man, we were doing so good.
4: It could be a board game. Dude, rare? I just, I really, did Rare really make that many NES games? I only Dude. know them for like five that we've yeah, already it's ran it's crazy. Through. They
3: made like weird ones like Digger T-Rock like stuff like oh. that. It's just, it's just all over the place.
4: Yeah. See. Um, okay. So I think if it's not one of like the more well-known ones, they'll probably
0: forget. I think it'll a be a well-known well, one. Uh,
3: oh, I, I think it's a well-known one. Have we said the name of this game yet?
0: No. Uh, <laughs> so one more question, and then a guess. Oh boy!
1: Could it be a sports game? Did they do any sporties? Uh, that's Atari and uh, Konami. Yeah, without the—I mean, it could be like a, a fighting, like kung fu game. But those are all
3: side scrollers. What would be a game that's not a side scroller? I think it'd be sport. And we know it's not—we know it's not racing because we eliminated vehicles. Um, could be a top-down shooter.
1: Racing on foot. Too.
3: Yeah, and you're a person. Oh, maybe it's on, like one of those like top-down shooty Akari warriors tile games. I wonder if they made
1: something like that. Those are usually Japanese, though.
4: Yeah, uh, Sam, you probably own this game.
2: Oh, you for probably sure. have it. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. that's a and whole other
2: story. <laughs> we're almost
3: out of time, so I don't think we're going to get this. But uh,
2: yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. Um, Same. What haven't we asked, Damon? <clears throat>
0: I'm trying to think, what would be a beneficial question to ask? Oh, we're in trouble.
3: It's not the Bomberman type stuff, because that's puzzle. We've eliminated so many so many categories of game already. Like it's kind of crazy. It could only really be sports and action and these
4: crappy you know one off games. And so many rare games. Yeah.
3: Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I think we're gonna have to give up. So
0: um You're seeding your time. Yeah, yeah. Uh what'd you say? You're seeding your time.
2: Your, time.
1: your time.
3: Uh is this a, is this a sci fi game?
0: No. I'm officially
2: I c- done. If
0: there's no guess, I can reveal the game. Yeah, please. I did not pick this intending to stump you. I thought you could get here. It's a fairly infamous NES game. Trying to narrow down genre is tough because this game has no yes. gameplay. Oh, is it taboo? The sixth taboo. Sense. The sixth sense. So close on the board game thing. The tarot card yeah. reading game from Rare. 1989 wow. published by Trade West. Oh,
3: and I even had the Trade West. Darn it.
0: Trade West Darn is not. It. Trade West was swallowed up by Midway in the 90s and then they're not around anymore.
3: So yeah, it's, a, it's like a tarot gar, card game. All you do is I've you
0: ask you ask predetermined questions and then they deal the cards and it tells you your fortune. And that's all you do in this game. This was a rental for me. I spent the whole weekend doing that.
3: <laughs> what a bummer to rent. Yeah. All right, that was
0: a good one.
4: I really like yeah. that.
0: I've, I've
4: never, I've never heard of this a rare developed game.
0: So, like this, nineteen eighty nine, the NES was a huge phenomenon. It was very mainstream. Mostly, you know, kids were playing it, but then there are also like adults playing it, and game developers were trying to figure out what would like hit with adults, and so they yeah. were experimenting with stuff like this. Yeah,
1: also Sounds notable, familiar. this is a sci-fi game, by the way.
0: Also notable, there's like a couple instances of nudity in the game, which is very yeah. unusual to get by Ooh. Nintendo. There's a <laughs> so there's a male buttocks. Mm-hmm. And then a, a topless, like, female priestess in the game. Yeah. Unusual. And I, I think there's some, like, religious icon- iconography in there, too. Anyway, know. that feels like the bigger deal to me. The well, no I mean, crosses yeah. in the S games. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Taboo the Sixth Sense. Thank you for the suggestion. Robert in Austin, Texas. And I'm getting Tina out right at the buzzer. She has yeah. a heart out. Right, it right nice, in mates. one minute. Thanks, Damon. <laughs> That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Red working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. We'll uh, catch you next week. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and out. I want Sam all to right. stick around? Yeah, I
3: know. We'll have a post show. Can't game.
2: believe all, my own brethren in Austin stumped us. Come on! I man.
3: know. Typical
0: Rob from Austin.
2: Yeah. That was hard. Guys, I'm about all
0: to right. Bye, see. See, uh.
2: Right.
0: Oh, again, dude. When? Yeah. Oh, wait, Red. If you haven't watched Obi Wan, you may want to sign off. At least from we'll say we'll say it here in Discord.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks, Red. Dude, when
1: he you didn't like when he dragged Obi Wan.